Hi, this is FBG Jen. And FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. We're happy to say that Veridesk is a proud sponsor of the Fit Bottomed Girls podcast and our go-to choice for an active workspace. Veridesk quickly and easily transforms your desk into a standing desk, and you can try it all risk-free for 30 days with free shipping both ways. Find out more at veridesk.com. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margo, and on the line today, I have Jen. Hey, guys. And I have Kristen. Hello. And we have a returning champion on the show today, you guys. <laughs> returning champion. Our favorite Canadian. <laughs> Our favorite Canadian. And that's saying something because we like Canadians. So Dave Smith is on the show again today. And I wanted you guys to tell the audience about the 10 and 4 challenge, please. Yeah. So if you guys have been listening to the show for a while or been on the website, you know about uh, the 10 and 4 challenge, but there are a couple of things that are kind of new that we're doing this year. And Dave talks about them a little bit, but basically the 10 and 4 challenge is our weight loss with self-love program. And we know that this time of year, especially people are looking to uh, maybe lose the holiday weight or just maybe age some pounds have creeped on with years um, or just really kind of want to refocus and feel better. So that's what the 10 and 4 challenge is all about. It's kind of the the idea of you can change completely change your life and build healthy build healthy habits that will last forever in four weeks so registration for the 10 and 4 challenge is going to open here in a little bit in a couple weeks um but today we're talking with dave about weight loss myths and he just debunks all kinds of stuff and it's great it's a great conversation as always it is and what's kind of neat is so he kind of dispels some myths on here and we actually have something along those same lines coming up here very shortly also with Dave because we really do love him we do and guys it's free um yeah so we're doing a free webinar and it's called breaking through the three weight loss blocks you didn't know were holding you back but totally are and we are super jazzed about this Aren't we, Jen? We are so excited. So (laughs) we're so used to now like doing the podcast, but this is kind of our first like real webinar that we've done. Oh, not kind of. It is. It is. It is. And and so like my personal, oh my gosh, this is, this is getting personal. (laughs) This is getting personal, but I like, like sweating bullets before we taught, we, we taught it. Not because, I mean, I knew the information and I, I felt really strongly about like what's in the webinar and it's, it's really good value. Um, whether you're like trying to lose a few pounds or a lot of weight, or you just want to have healthier habits, whatever, like sign up for it at fitbottomgirls.com slash webinar, and you can sign up for free. But <laughs> so I don't mind public speaking. Like I would, I would rather talk to a room full of a hundred people that I like don't know in like a huge theater or something rather than face-to-face talk to like people that I know. So the fact that me, (laughs) Kristen and Dave were like together recording this thing (laughs) and I just knew that they were watching me 
record. It was like, I, I, I could die. It was really difficult. <laughs> Nevertheless, you persisted. Thanks. So proud of you. Thanks. I'm like, oh man, new to this thing. But I did think that that webinar was actually, um, was, was really fun and it's really inspiring. And I hope that it really inspires a lot of people to, you know, now is the time. Like, don't wait. Now is the time. There's never, there's never a perfect time to do anything, but you'll never look back and think, man, I sure wish I'd waited to um, take care of my health there, you know? Exactly. Oh, oh yeah. And, yeah. And so, like, even though we're talking about, like, recording some stuff, we're still going to be on there live talking to you, like, in real time. There are just bits that, you know, in order to make sure that we're uh, <laughs> getting things across really nice and clearly and, and staying on track as far as timing made it a little bit easier. And technology. Uh, Plus technology. Because you yeah. never know when, you know, like that Bob interview, um, the first Bob Robo interview. Robobob. Robo Robo Bob. You know, like, are things cut out? Like, you guys all know technology. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so that's going to be, that's going to be really exciting. And that is, um, you can sign up for that. Like we said, it is free. You can sign up for that at fitbottomgirls.com forward slash webinar. That's W-E-B-I-N-A-R in case you're as new to the webinar world as we are. And it's a fun webinar. Like, I know sometimes webinars sound kind of like, oh, my God, I was at work and I had to do this stupid webinar. No, it's not a stupid webinar. It's a really fun one. <laughs> so please join us. <laughs> you know what's interesting about webinar? What? Is that the more you say it, the less it sounds like a real word. Is yeah. anybody else there with me yet? Because I'm 100% there. Like a made-up web word. Yes. Which I guess it probably is. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. It's kind of like blog. Like, who made that up? Really? Like, yeah, that sounds fake, too. Anyway, and if you guys are interested in the 10 and 4 Challenge, um, our Weight Loss with Self-Love program, information for that is at fitbottomgirls.com slash coaching. And it's always a, like, super fun, like, literally life-changing good time for the women who go through it. So, yeah. Yep. Oh, if, you, if you've looked into it before but weren't sure, maybe you should know. We've got a new, a funky new dashboard. Not yeah. funky. An awesome new dashboard. But yeah, it's it's kind of changing the game a little bit. So people people are going to be really excited about it, I think. Yep. I am. Yep, I am too. I am too. Right I can't wait. Make the new year the best year possible. Oh. Well, on that note, why don't we just go right into today's interview with Dave? Here we go, everybody. This is our third, third interview with Dave Smith, our returning champion. Our returning champion Canadian. <laughs> Did you know that being more active at work, like standing more and sitting less, can help improve your health, reduce back pain, boost energy, and increase both your metabolism and your productivity? True story. And our favorite way to get those benefits is with Veridesk. See for yourself at veridesk.com. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com. Dave Smith is a personal trainer and certified life coach who has been working in the health industry for over 15 years. He was chosen as Canada's top fitness professional for helping thousands of clients from around the world successfully lose weight and keep it off. Dave writes for a variety of magazines, websites, and newspapers, including The Huffington Post, Muscle and Fitness, Life Hacker, and Fit Bottom Girls, of course. He also teaches at many health and wellness conferences across Canada and the U.S., and he hosts a weekly health podcast called Make Your Body Work. He is here today to talk about fitness and nutrition myths, Plus, what we can expect in the next 10 and 4 challenge. Welcome back to the show, Dave. Hey, girls. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here. You're now a three-time champion. 
<laughs> champion. <laughs> <laughs> what makes me a champian? Because <laughs> people want you back on this show. You're such a good guest. You're the awesome. podcast winner. <laughs> awesome. It's 8 a.m. where I am right now, and you're the first people that called me a champion today. So <laughs> I'm feeling great. Thanks. <laughs> it's going up from there. So <laughs> let me ask you the first question, if that's okay. Um, by the way, this is FBG Margo, and on the line today, we have Jen and we have Kristen. And so, hey, Dave, we have it drilled in our minds basically since we were young. I know this is true for me that lower calories in versus higher calories out is the key to weight loss. So can you please tell us why this formula is simply not true? Well, it's not true for a number of reasons, but I'll just anecdotally say that it's not true because we've seen tons of women who have proven that to be false. You know, I was thinking about this actually just the other day. I had a woman named Kiana who who I've worked with over a number of years and she wrote into me, she's now lost 30 pounds. And one of the things that she did actually was gradually increase her calorie, her calorie count that she was taking in on a daily basis. And most recently we were talking about what she's eating and she said she eats about 2000 calories a day. And I, I thought that's important to share because 2,000, that number, what's your reaction when you hear that number 2,000? Like, does that sound like a lot or a little? It, it sounds high to me. A lot for a woman. Yeah. It, a, a lot for a woman. Yeah, exactly. And I know through the women that we work with quite often, that will be the reaction. They think they need to eat somewhere around 1,000 or 1,200 calories. And it's simply not true because our, our bodies, especially if someone's exercising, if they're active, our bodies just need a certain base level of calories to function. It's called your BMR. And the further that we get from that, the less and less calories that we take in, the more and more, more our bodies, there's a chance that our bodies go into, you know, the unofficial term is starvation mode. And that, that idea of our, our bodies just wanting to hold on to everything that we have because we're not sure where that next calorie is going to come from. And so it just sets up a bad position, especially for women. The less calories they eat, the more their bodies are nervous about where those calories are going to come from. Are, are your Is your body going to be fed the way that it needs to be fed? And the result is metabolism gets depressed, really slows down. Our bodies start to hold on to fat and just it throws, it throws everything out of whack. So I, I know that's common, a common myth, one that a lot of people fall into, but trust me when I say it, it's not true. In fact, if any women are listening to this and you've been restricting your calories for a long time, I'd say, hey, maybe it's time to start eating more. And I know that's a scary proposition, but I almost will guarantee you if you've been on a calorie restrictive diet for a long time and have seen your weight stagnate or, or maybe even start to gain a little bit of weight, try bumping it up 200 calories, 400 calories and see the difference it'll make. You know, and it's funny too, because when I think about um, the whole calories in, calories out thing and there for a long time, you know, I think so many women were like, just, I mean, it's still just like counting calories, counting calories. And I think the stress that comes in to oh, always counting the calories. And then um, if you go off and you think you ate quote unquote too many calories and you kind of freak out about that. And there's not a lot of emphasis there also on like the quality of food that you're eating to get those calories. So, I mean, obviously there's a huge difference between eating like you know, salmon and broccoli versus, you know, donuts, the body responds differently. Can you talk a little bit about nutrient density and how people can maybe start to shift their thinking to, you know, if you are going to be like, okay, I'm going to eat more, how can you help shift that thinking to maybe more than just calories? Yeah, that's a, a great point. Um, one of the things that we talk about girls when we're coaching women through the whole weight loss process yeah. is talk about eating vegetables at every meal. 
And you, what do you normally get when you, when someone hears that? The reaction is, well, what about breakfast? How am I supposed to eat yeah, uh, vegetables right. at breakfast? And, you know, we're, we give a bunch of different meal options. And one of the things that I think all of us do are smoothies, green smoothies. And one of the reasons why that's so important is because setting yourself up by eating a nutrient-dense meal, one that includes vegetables first thing in the morning, it is a huge contributor to preventing food cravings later in the day. So you asked the question about nutrient density versus just calorie counting. Well, if you're feeding your body the nutrients it needs to perform optimally, then it only makes sense that as the day goes on, there's going to be a reduced chance that your body's going to crave things that it might not actually need. But those cravings often come from just getting by. So I'll give you an example. Say you woke up in the morning and you ate a bowl of, I'm going to say raisin bran just because it's my favorite cereal. But say, <laughs> Really? Say you, oh, I love raisin bran. Uh, but if you ate raisin bran, which is very low nutrient density. There, there's some carbohydrates in there. There's some sugar in there. There's a very high likelihood by mid-morning or certainly by mid-afternoon because your body hasn't really had any nutrition. It's just had these empty calories. It's going to crave something that will give it an energy energy boost. And the quickest energy boost we, our body can think of is sugar. sugar. And so that will be the next craving. And you contrast that with a green smoothie that has you know some kale in it, some protein in it, some fat in it. Our body is set from that very first meal of the day with the nutrition that it needs. The chance of having that same sugar craving midday drastically goes down. Brilliant. So, all right, let's talk about another super common thing that so many women who are looking to lose weight deal with, and that is the scale. They live and die by the scale. And if the scale says that they lost weight, then they feel good. If the scale says that they didn't lose weight or that they gained, then they feel bad. So obviously, we want everyone to feel good all the time. But can you talk a little bit about why that number on the scale isn't necessarily indicative of success or failure, and then maybe touch on some ways to kind of break free of those feelings that are tied to a stupid little number that flashes up when you step on a little machine? Yeah. The scale is so love and hate, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah, totally. The, Sorry, I was on mute. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the scale is so love and hate because it can, and, and we see this in the 10 and 4 challenge as well, when the scale moves in the right direction, is this huge sense, sense of excitement, source of excitement and happiness. But if it doesn't move, all of a sudden it's, well, what did I do wrong? And, you know, I, I think back to, there's a woman I work with, Jen and Kristen, I don't know if you were working in the 10 and 4 challenge with me when um, Maria was in the program, but I remember specifically the first week of the program went by and the scale didn't move for her at all. She, she lost zero. She didn't gain any weight. And all the other women typically, you know, they're talking about how, hey, I lost five pounds or I lost three pounds or everyone's really excited. And Maria was really upset because the scale didn't move. And I talked to her and said, you know, just hold on, you know, like just be patient with your body. Second week, same thing. Scale didn't move. She's, you know, thinking, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. I, why, you know, why, why won't my body ever lose weight? Sort of some of those typical messages that we tell ourselves. And again, the message that I conveyed back to her was just be patient with your body. Everyone's different. And then in the third week, it was like there's a breakthrough. And all of a sudden, the scale started to move. And, you know, Maria started to get excited. And then her weight started to change and change. Fourth week was even better. And then as I talked to her after the program, it continued on. And the reason I tell you about Maria was because the idea of weight loss being linear 
And that when you start doing X, Y, and Z, and all of a sudden you are guaranteed you're going to lose X number of pounds, and that's going to happen on week one and week two and week three, that's a huge myth. And the scale really sets up a situation where we have an expectation of that happening. I started going to the gym, therefore my results are going to show up on the scale, and it's going to happen the same over and over and over again. And it's problematic because as soon as we have a week or a day where whatever factor it is contributes to the scale not doing what we think it should do, it's easy to start kicking ourselves and saying, okay, well, what did I do wrong? And why should I continue? And the matter of fact is the scale is influenced, like I said, by so many different factors. It's just really not possible to expect it to change on a daily or weekly basis like that. So can you talk to us a little bit about the importance of having friends and peers assist you on your fitness journey? <laughs> this is my favorite topic. I'm glad you asked that question. I'd say it's the most important thing. You know, if someone comes to me and they say, hey, Dave, I want to lose weight or do anything, change anything about their life fitness-wise, there's two things that I'll say you, you really have to have. And number one, you have to have consistency. And number two, you have to have accountability. And uh, any woman who's been through our 10 and 4 challenge, I think if you ask them and said, well, what was your favorite part? Almost guaranteed they're going to say it was the community it was our Facebook group. It was having you coaches work with me on a daily basis that I felt motivated. When we're doing something on our own, there's so many voices in our head. There's so many things that will come up in our day that can dissuade us from doing what we really want to do. But over and over and over again, women will say in the 10-4 challenge and women I've coached over the last you know, 15, 20 years, they'll say, when I know that someone is going to ask me, I didn't want to let that person down. When I know someone's going to ask me, I felt that extra bit of motivation. When I knew someone was doing it with me, I, I wanted to be part of the team. I wanted to be part of the team's success. And so, yeah, there's just something inside us that when we know someone else is on, on the plan with us or doing it with us, we just want to succeed that much more. You know, Kristen, Jen, I'll throw it back to you. Can you think of like examples? Is that something that you girls have seen in the 10 and 4 challenge? Oh my gosh, over and over and over again. That is the most, you know, I know the women that go through the 10 and 4 challenge, you know, they, they do, they obviously get like life-changing results from the program, but it is so fun for us on the other side to see someone who, and it happens with, I mean, people like, like so many different women in the very beginning are just like, man, you know, I, I haven't been able to do this in the past or I did it a few years ago and then the weight came back. I don't know where to start. And then and I'm, I'm kind of maybe I don't have a support system. And then by the end, they have friends and they're cheering each other on. And they're, we have alum that are in our in our Facebook group that comes in the 10 and 4 challenge. And they're still supporting each other. And it's so, like, the enthusiasm and love in there is so infectious and sweet. And to see people give real-life suggestions of, oh, I went through a time like that and here's what I did. And to see them pick each other up and lift each other higher is just, it's really cool. It is. And... You know, it's not only the support that women within the group give each other, although that is, I mean, that's huge. But something I've been noticing more and more recently is that I I think that having that sort of communication within that Facebook group is giving a lot of women a little bit more confidence to to share their goals and to share their needs with the people, like, you know, in real life. We had a, a woman just recently share that, her colleagues at work got her um, like a, a fruit 
edible arrangements. Edible arrangements, like the, the fruit, instead of getting a cake for her, you know, for her birthday, um, because she had shared with them that, you know, she was sticking to this plan and she was working really hard and she wanted their support. And I like, I'm, I'm actually a little bit like kind of teary talking about it because I think that that is, it's a scary thing to put out there to people who aren't necessarily joining you in your goals. But what I've found is that when I'm straightforward with people about the goals I'm working toward, whether that's, you know, I'm trying to clean up my eating or I'm training for a race or anything like that. Um, Even people who aren't necessarily aiming for anything, even in that ballpark, they appreciate and respect that I'm doing it for one. Every once in a while you have somebody come in and they, they're a little bit of a saboteur, but most of the time, the people who love me want to support me. And I mean, I've been shocked by how many times people have been like, oh, you know, I want to do that too. You know, let's make dinner together. Or, you know, that sounds really fun. Can I join you at the gym? It's like, hell yeah, you can. So I I think that that's really cool is it's, it's, yeah, the community really helps. And then it does give you a little bit more confidence to share it with more and more of your community. And then it, you just get more and more support. And Kristen, you just used a word that I think is really important is confidence. And, you know, when we start having some of those conversations in the group and for women who are listening to this podcast, even if you're not part of the 10 and 4 challenge, when you find your community, whether that be friends or family or coworkers, whoever it is, and you start to journey with these other people and realize that your goals are similar to other people's goals, your struggles are similar to other people's struggles, it really does normalize things a little bit. And I think that's important that, you know, when we fall off track, and I kind of put that in air quotes, fall off track, other people are falling off track as well, but also getting back on the horse and getting back on the program. And when we know that other people are doing it, it it makes it feel much more achievable for us. And then as we communicate our story, Kristen, I love what you're talking about there. Other people jump on, you know, the whole edible arrangement. I think that's so cool because most people, I believe, want to eat healthy food. But for some reason, especially in social situations, we have it set in our minds that if you bring something to to work to share, it's got to be some sort of sweet or it's got to be some sort of treat or think about, you know, we just came out of the Christmas season. And in the Christmas season, when you go to a Christmas party, there's almost like this pre-built in expectation. Well, it's got to be something ultra savory or ultra sweet. But if you boil it down, I really think that most people want to eat healthy. And if we set that standard and say, this is what we're doing, want to join us, most people will want to partake. Yeah. yeah. I, my friends laugh at me. I've probably mentioned this on here before because I am almost always the one who shows up with a platter of veggies and some hummus um, <laughs> because I, I want to have that available. And, but it, there's never any left. So it's, it's not like it's just me. Um, it's just, yeah, it's nice to have that there. Especially, you know, you don't want to bring like, you know, gross limp celery, like bring good stuff, sugar snap peas. <laughs> I literally last night I got invited to a potluck dinner dinner and there's a girl who had been to a potluck with me before and she said uh, she volunteered me to do d- dessert. And when she volunteered me, everyone kind of rolled their eyes and was like, Dave's going to do dessert. And she's like, no, no, no. I was at this potluck and he did this chocolate mousse and it was healthy and it tasted good. <laughs> awesome. So, so, yeah, it was cool because obviously that made an impression on her that dessert doesn't necessarily have to be this, you know, sugar-laden, really unhealthy food. Yeah. So let's – okay, we're talking about the community and kind of how having people around you doing those same things normalizes what you're doing. But one of the things that we run into is 
the all or nothing or yo-yo mentality because it can be very easy as you're getting into, you know, into a new routine, you are just like, okay, I am on this. I am never having any sugar again. And I am going to hit the gym every day and everybody's with me. We're so excited. This is great, except that's not sustainable. So what are some ways that you suggest for people to break out of that cycle and maybe in light of what we were just talking about, especially when you are seeing that all around you and you have people who are yo-yoing around you, how can you stay strong and really, really create those good, healthy, sustainable habits for the long term? Yeah, that that's a huge challenge, uh, especially when people are doing, say, weight loss, for example, in the community, and there's that one person who seems to be doing everything right. It's kind of that annoying person. We like them, but they're kind of annoying because everything is so easy for them. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think a good strategy is to look at your options. So I'm going to use weight loss again as, as sort of our goal here. If your goal is to lose weight, look at the different options, the different actions or habits that would contribute to you reaching that goal. So I'll throw a couple out there. We talked about eating nutrient-dense foods. So maybe it's changing your breakfast habits so that you're eating something that includes greens for your first meal of the day. Maybe it's moving your body differently or moving your body more frequently. So doing some sort of new exercise. Maybe it's going to bed earlier. Maybe it's drinking more water. Whatever it is, make this list, list of habits. And then look at that list and pick one of those things. And I know your listeners, anyone who's listening to this, you've heard this before about picking off habits one at a time it is so important and the, the word i always use is mastery to master that one habit and you know you might look at this list and say okay really is drinking water drinking more water is that going to change my body first of all yes <laughs> yes it will but more importantly it's getting that idea that you can master a new habit and reinforcing that you are able to do it because Let's, again, using water as an example, say you set your goal as drinking eight cups of water. So that's in the 10 and 4 challenge. That's kind of our, our base minimum. And then we add some more water based on your activity level. If you were to drink eight cups of water and said, that's my goal, that's what I'm going to change. The other things, I'm going to keep those in mind. And if they happen, great. But I'm going to focus on mastering water. Do you think you're going to be able to do that? Yeah, like that's something that's very, very doable. Put out a couple glasses of water, fill up your water bottle, like set it on your on your clock. There's so many things that you can do that will help you master that habit. Do that for a week, do that for two weeks. Forget about the other things. If you're struggling with those other things, no big deal. Once you become a master of drinking the right amount of water for you, then move on to habit number two. Well, now I'm gonna focus on becoming a master of eating a healthy breakfast. And this approach of picking them off one at a time, A, it's very achievable. Like I said, you can change. Today, you can start changing your mastery over drinking water. But then B, it's such a confidence boost because even that word, doesn't it feel good to say, I just mastered that habit? And so it, that, that sort of approach, I, I, picking them off one at a time, becoming a master, but still at the same time, being conscious of the total spectrum of habits that you do want to achieve, that's the way to do it as opposed to going in saying, okay, there's these 10 habits. I'm going to change these all at once. And geez, if I don't do that, I'm not keeping up with, you know, my friend or my sister or whoever else is doing all these things. Uh, let's go one at a time. Let's become a master. Yeah. And it takes the decision making out of it, which I think is really 
is really helpful. Um, I ran into something when I was I was hosting Thanksgiving, and there were a couple of things that I did, just like like getting up and going for a run, and um, I I said no thank you to to some soda, and um, someone said to me like God you have what was it you're so disciplined, and I just thought you know it's it, it doesn't feel that way because those are just things that I do. Like I'm not doing that because I'm thinking that I have to, or I'm really struggling to do it. Like, no, that's, that's just, that's just how I do life. So then it does become easier to start mastering new things because those other things are just, that's, they just are, it's just done. It's no longer a difficult choice to make. Yeah, Kristen, I love that you said that because quite often, do you girls ever get people that will say those sorts of comments to you and then maybe, you know, preface it or end it by saying, well, yeah, and it must be nice. It must mm-hmm. be nice to be you or it must be nice to work in the fitness industry. And I, <laughs> right. I, I think it's so important for us to normalize it and say, geez, we're, we're people too. You know, we yeah. struggle with different things too. I know an example for me is I, I've really wanted to change my body flexibility wise. And so I started going to yoga and I would see these guys in my yoga class who were so much better than me. And admittedly, I had this sort of self-talk, this negative self-talk. Oh, Dave, you'll never be able to do what they're doing. And so I started talking to them in the change room and found out all these guys have been doing yoga for like six, eight, 10 years. And I've been doing it for two weeks. And so it was that idea of, well, how am I expecting to master something that someone else has been working on for maybe a decade? And I think that's important, too, is when we start comparing ourselves to other people, we don't know those other people. We don't know what their story is. So that that comparison is is not useful at all. Instead, focus on us, focus on what we're trying to master. Look at our progress by knocking off one habit at a time. You know, it's so, it's so interesting. We had a guest on Millionaire Hoy on the show that's going to be airing aired a couple of weeks ago. But his my favorite quote from him was practice is underrated. You know, just doing something every single day and then little by little you get better at it. And that's where you see results. Yeah, 100%. I love that. I'm going to steal that quote from you. So so going on to that. So what are, I mean, one of the biggest mistakes what I was going to say is about fitness mistakes people make is, you know, when they're starting a new workout regimen, I would say is that they do the comparison trap. You know, and they compare themselves to the best people in the room on the first day that, that they arrive and that, you know, hurt your confidence. What other fitness mistakes do you think people make when they try to start a new workout routine? Yeah, well, I'm going to tie this back specifically to weight loss. So one of the huge ones, and particularly in January, is the idea that exercise is my path to losing weight. And Jen, I think you've thrown out in our group a couple of times that you can't exercise yourself thin. I think that you, you've said that a number of times, right? I Maybe. Sure. <laughs> you're, you're wise. You're wise. So. Sure. I'm so wise. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. I, I'm totally. Yes. So I, I'd say that approach, thinking that we can exercise ourselves thin or that exercise is going to be the key ingredient to getting to our goal is a bit of a problem right from the get go, because then the tendency is to say, well, if exercise is going to be my key to weight loss, I need to do exercise where I can see a number, I can see a huge number of calories being burned. And when you think about going to the gym, well, where can you do that? You can do it on a piece of cardio equipment. And so in January, when you go into the gym, where are hundreds of people? They're all on their treadmills, on the ellipticals, on the stair climbers, and usually there's a lineup of people <laughs> waiting to get onto those machines. <laughs> and so the the myth, the problem is, I need to burn a ton of calories in the gym. That's going to lead to losing weight. And the best way to do that is cardio. And 
not saying the other areas of the gym aren't busy in January because they are going to be for sure, but we need to think about a bit of a broader approach or more, more holistic approach when it comes to exercise. And in the 10 and four challenge, we actually don't really use that term exercise a lot. We talk about movement and I'd say that's a much healthier approach. So right now moving into the new year, I throw that to anyone who's listening right now, instead of focusing on what do you need to do in the gym in order to lose weight, I would ask you, get you to ask yourself the question, how do I like to move and how can I incorporate that into my day? So how do I like to move? I, I've talked to a, a lot of women. Well, I go to yoga now a lot. So I stuck it through those first two weeks and I'm slowly becoming a yogi. I talk to a lot of people in my yoga classes and a lot of them will say, I used to try going to the gym and I didn't like it, but then I tried yoga and I love it. Some people, maybe for you, it's swimming. Maybe it's walking. Walking is an awesome one because it's such a social activity. And girls, you can jump in here. How many times have you heard people in the 10 to 4 challenge talk about walking at lunch and then recruiting their coworkers to go with them? Yeah. Yeah, all the time. Yep. So that, just reframing exercise. I think that's one of the biggest things that we can do is reframe it as opposed to exercise because exercise is almost always equated with A, going to the gym or B, running. And there's a pretty small sliver of the population who actually really loves those two activities. How can you move your body? And then where does that fit into your daily routine? Well, and that just plays so much into our, our whole thing. Like you can't hate yourself healthy. So if you decide to you know, go work out because you, you hate your body and you want to change it. That's a very different energy than if you are like, man, I'm going to like, I'm going to show myself that I can run this 5k or I'm going to lift this heavier weight or I'm going to move because it just makes me feel good. Like that puts you in a whole other different mental state where I feel like it sets you up better for healthier decisions and food and other areas of your life, like all day long. I think it's so much it's just so much. It just it just feels better. <laughs> Plus, I'm also someone who like gained ten pounds when I ran a marathon. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just from right. a little little personal experience there. Dave, what other weight loss myths have do you see that are like just super common? Yeah, you know one that's really popular right now, and I think I'm gonna get some hate probably when I say this because I know some people really adhere to if it fits your macros. And I don't know if you girls are familiar with this, but it's sort of a, an eating idea or a diet plan that says you need to eat certain macros per day. So a certain number of um, grams of carbohydrates, a certain number of grams of fat, a certain number of grams of protein. And if you eat those different macronutrients, it doesn't really matter where the food comes from. And so, Jen, this is going back to what you were talking about earlier, the whole idea of like quality of the calories that you're taking in same thing here so uh, i'll give you an example say in a day your if it fits your macros calculation came out and it said that you should eat 60 grams of protein well that you could go and eat that protein from from anything it could be from you know a, a really junky protein shake like really low quality protein shake it could be from a really high quality piece of salmon jen as you mentioned earlier in the show and I know that this is super popular. I see articles being written about it all the time because it actually does help people lose weight in the short term. And I get this question a lot and when we, when women email me and say, hey, what do you think about this? Should I be just focusing on my macros? I say exactly what, what you girls said earlier is 
think about the quality of food you're eating and think about the mindset that this is putting you in if you really adhere to this plan and your whole goal is just to hit numbers. And it really just throws off our relationship with food because we're, instead of thinking about, well, what is this food that I'm eating? How do how does this food make me feel? What do I like about the taste of this food? What does this food look like? We're thinking about food as a number. It becomes a mathematical calculation and, and it really does set us up psychologically in a bad place that just isn't going to lead to sustainable weight loss. Then it's just another diet. It's just another all or nothing yo-yo on and off again. Yeah. 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 Too much counting. I'm not saying counting doesn't have its place. To be honest, like calories, they do have their place in the weight loss, you know, in, in losing weight. Macros definitely do. But when we focus our entire approach to eating based around numbers, geez, it's just not healthy. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I think that that brings us to time for our final question. And since just you're before, a repeat- Kristen, Kristen <laughs> yeah. before, just oh, before sure. you go, sorry, I apologize for interrupting, but as a repeat um, champion <laughs> on your oh, champion, <laughs> he's got to get you a crown, get you a crown. I want to ask you girls a question, and I'm going to steal your question. I don't know if you do this with with every guest on your show, but you did it with me, and you embarrassed me once before. So my question to you Justin is, Bieber. Justin Bieber. <laughs> in case anybody had forgotten. I'm not kidding. Before we started recording the show, I was thinking about Justin Bieber. It's like Pavlov's dogs now. When I think about you girls, I start singing Justin Bieber in my head. <laughs> so my question to you girls is, what was the last song you listened to? Uh, 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 got it. <laughs> the tables have turned. Grown. I know mine. Um, I know mine too. Margo, okay. do you know yours? I know mine. Okay, go, Margo. <laughs> you want me to go first? Yeah, you go. <laughs> so it was a Canadian. Um, it was oh. Avril Lavigne, and the song is called Complicated, and it's one of my favorite songs of all time. And I know I'm a grown woman, and I shouldn't, you know, that I shouldn't like a little teeny bopper song, but I still love that song so much. So that was what I listened to. No shame in my game. Margo, <laughs> that is an old school answer. Wow, was that on the radio or? Did you... Yeah, it was on the radio. Yeah, it was that on radio. No, it was on the radio, but I, of course, I turned it up way loud and and screamed along to it like a freak. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I was also I heard mine on the radio. I was in the car. I had dropped my daughter off at school. Uh, well, I had gone to drop her off at school, and then I realized that we didn't have her coat, and it's winter, and it's cold. So I was like, oh, God, we have to drive back home. And she also, like, didn't have socks on. So it was like the morning was going great, getting her ready. Um, so drove back home, and there was, like, nothing on the radio, like, nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> uh, and I was starting to have a little bit of um, frustration at how the morning was going and how I had forgotten the coat. So come back inside I grab her coat drive off to school and the last song I listened to was um the offspring self-esteem oh yeah <laughs> it's a pretty like yeah like uh kind of angry song so that's what it it fit the bill for the moment <laughs> another that's an old old song right but yeah it's like 90s 2000s yeah. I'd have to look it 90s, up 90s yeah. 90s I I know the album so um <laughs> yeah Okay, so I'm going to bring us into present day with the, it's a song, 
by a guy who I think was in, I, I'm going to screw this up because I don't know the bands. Um, I think he was in One Direction. Is it <gasps> Niall or Neil Horan, Slow Hands? Mm. Yeah. And there's this line oh. in there where he's like, like sweat dripping down our dirty laundry, which cracks me the heck up every time. Because what does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> but it is such a catchy tune. Like I, I love it. I could listen to it over and over and over <laughs> and laugh because why? Kristen, I, I love that song, too. And that same line always bugs me. And I always think, what are you talking about? <laughs> now I'm going to think of you. And I'll, I'll laugh doubly hard because I'll be like, Dave is also ticked about this. <laughs> but he's also singing along, loving it at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. Good answers, girls. I like the way back playbacks, the throwbacks, <laughs> the old schools. Yeah, we're apparently, yeah, <laughs> we're showing our age. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever think about that from an age perspective? I know we're all about the same age. Do you ever think when we're going to start talking about the quote unquote good old day music and it's going to be stuff from like 30 years ago? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I already do. A little bit. Yeah, I've got some friends who are in their 20s and, um, and they're like, they're old souls, so it's not like they're, you know, just super into, you know, what's super hip and new. But they, um, like when I, a lot of my jams are like the 1994 jock jams, hip hop <laughs> stuff. And they're just, they're completely unfamiliar with it. And I'm like, I don't know how this classic hasn't made its way into your life yet. But um, whoop, there it is. Is something every child should <laughs> not Tag team. Right. Tag like, team. Back I have rump shaker on vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now everyone just thinks we're old. Okay, we've done it. <laughs> That's awesome. But we do have a question for you, Dave. Okay. Which we came up on the fly because we can't ask you the song question again. <laughs> So since you were talking about yoga, what is uh, what is your current favorite yoga pose? Oh, I, that's a great question. I, I don't know if you girls are yogis. Do you know Malasana? No. Uh, what's the Ma- 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 I'm Ma- look that up. Malasana. Uh, it's like a, I, oh, I hope I said that right. It's a picture doing a really deep squat. So you're sitting on your butt. Your butt is almost sitting on your heels and your elbows go on the inside of your knees. So you're, it's like doing a squat with... Oh, yeah your legs sort of spread out wide. And the reason why I like it, I hope that's what it's called. The reason I like it so much is because the first time I tried it, I actually fell over backwards because my ankles and my knees just weren't flexible enough. And I actually was embarrassed in yoga class and I can do it really well now. And so it's, it's mastery. I feel like I've mastered Malasana. And, and that's just so- in a couple of weeks. Uh, no, I've been doing, this is uh, so six months now. So, oh, okay. but- so it took a while. But yeah, it took a while. The other, the unofficial yoga term for this is the Asian squat. Hmm. You ever, that seems I don't know. racist. You know, I was just <laughs> got, just got back from Cambodia, and in Cambodia, everyone does the Asian squat, and they all call it the Asian squat. Men will sit oh, down at the side of the road in Malasana, just having a chit chat, and they'll sit there literally for an hour, and it just blew my mind. I was so impressed with their ability to Malasana everywhere. How how long can you hold it? Now I'm gonna have to, like test this. You know, a woman on my team in, in Cambodia challenged me. She's in her 60s and she does yoga and she's like, all right, we'll see you can do it longer. And she, this woman was unbelievable. I, I don't know. I did it for about two minutes and was sweaty and was like, all right, you uh, win. <laughs> so, wow. That's awesome. I like I that question. I can't even get into that. Oh, time to go so, to yoga. Yeah, well, I, and I do. I just use a prop. Um, so you're giving me hope, Dave. Oh, good. Mastery. One, Mastery. One, one yoga pose at a time. 
<laughs> one yoga pose at a time I, I always say you girls are a riot I, I love coming on your show I go on a lot of podcasts and I never laugh as much as I do when I come on your podcast so thank you you never know what you're going to get <laughs> love this show tell us why in a five star review on iTunes and we'll read it on the air also make sure you are a subscriber if you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode yay well feel free to email us at podcast at fitbottomgirls.com and if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.